0: What up world? Past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. you're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Got a fun show for you today. We're going to talk about Damian Lillard playing like the best player in an all-star game. Amphrey Simons becoming the first trailblazer to ever win a dunk contest. And the reason why it's okay that Blake Griffin didn't choose to sign with the trailblazers. That's what we're going to do today. But first, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And you can go to builtbar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON20. You'll get 20% off your next order. All right, let's 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 talk about Damian Lillard. At the end of the game, he did not get a trophy. Team LeBron beat Team Durant 170-150 in an all-star game. Played in Atlanta in front of limited fans, mostly family and friends in attendance for for the guys who were involved in the game. It's all All-Star Saturday night packed into one, or all All-Star weekend packed into one evening. Three Skills competition that Robert Covington didn't do so well in, so he's not going to get much time. He lost in the first round. Dunk contest that Amphrey Simons won. We'll talk about that in the second segment. Three-point shootout that Steph Curry won. And then the All-Star game. But at the end of the All-Star game, Damon Lower didn't get a trophy. That one went to Giannis Antetokounmpo who went 16 of 16 from the floor and had 35 points. I can't really sit here and tell you that I'm outraged. I'm outraged and pound my fists that uh, Giannis won the MVP. I'm not. I think he was deserving, and I'll, I'll, I'll get there in a second why. But he wasn't the best player in the game. He wasn't the best player on the team that won. That was Damian Lillard. Early on in the, in, this, in the game, early on in this exhibition, it was close. Basically tied at the end of the first quarter. It was a two-point lead for, the, for Team LeBron. The yellow team, as I call them. Uh, and when Dame got on the court with Steph Curry in the second quarter, the, they broke the game open because Dame started shooting threes. Steph got loose. They started throwing lobs to each other. The shooting fueled by those two point guards, Dame and Steph, changed the game. Team LeBron blew it open. It was a, It was a cakewalk from there. And then they did, a, they did the Elam ending, which is basically at the end of three quarters, they decide a target score as opposed to a timed fourth quarter. They pick a target score. Target score is 170. Once Team LeBron reached 159 points, only Damian Lillard scored from there on out. He had the final 11 points for his team in the game, and they won. He hit a half-court shot to win the All-Star game. The dude pulled up, heels on the half-court line, and hit a game-winner. Yeah, the the guy he's been joking that he'd been shoot from he would shoot from half court, you know, this season hasn't really done it in a game because circumstances don't allow for it. And yet, in the All Star game, he pulled up four or five times, hit three of them, hit a deep one from behind half court in the first half while they were blowing the game open in the second quarter. Damon Lillard was the best player on the on his team. Damon Lillard was the reason they won the game. Now. I'm not going to get crazy upset, but Dame had 32 points in 21 minutes. He was the best player on the court. Final 11 points, half-court game winner. I, I don't know if there's a lot of to debate. No one plays defense in this game, so it's not like, look at the other end of the court. I don't think assists really matter because only, like, some dudes choose to pass. Chris Paul chooses to pass. Nikola Jokic chooses to pass. But here's why I'm not mad about Giannis Antetokounmpo winning the MVP. One, I don't think it really matters. Uh, all Star MVP, like it does matter at, at some level. Uh, your legacy and all these things you get, you get tied up in All Star MVP. Like you say, okay, he's he's a you know he's a seven time All Star and he won the he won MVP in twenty eighteen. Sure, it's it's not like a, it's not nothing. Uh, it's the showcase of the best players, and if you're the MVP of the game with the best players, it, it matters. It matters that LeBron has three and Michael Jordan has three and Kobe has four. It matters. It matters. But the way that they they do the voting changes the calculation and I got no problem with the way that they they vote it's a showcase for fans they it's it is a social media based voting event where you go online and vote with a player name hashtag Yanisantakubo is a super duper star. Of course, he's incredibly popular. And prior to the the game was kind of already decided in the fourth quarter. And prior to that, he had clearly been, um, if not out and out the best player, he had been historically dominant. Not in like this, oh man, he's so much better than everyone else. But he hadn't missed. He, He you know he hit he hit two threes in this game. He had a lot of wide open dunks. Like I'm not I'm not saying this was like a super impressive offensive performance, but you just just raw stat line. He's got 30 points and hasn't missed yet. He had the most efficient shooting night in the history of the event. Like, that that deserves some sort of recognition. That's why I'm not up in arms. And then games kind of decided Team Durant is just a chucking up shots, waiting for waiting for Team LeBron to end this game. And Damian Lord ends it on his own, does what he does. Dame time shows up in the All-Star game. The dude just wins games. Of course, he even wins the exhibitions. He He's fearless, and he's an elite shooter, one of the all-time greats. And he just sort of has a knack for going to hunt shots to win games and that's what he did this was vintage Damian Lillard but uh, by the time he was doing that the hashtag voting had already uh, commenced it started at the beginning of the fourth quarter and when it started there Giannis was the MVP by the time that Damian Lillard did the winning and did the proving that he was the most important player on the team that won the all-star game the voting had already been decided there wasn't going to be a landslide of hashtags for the final 30 seconds. Damon Lode was the best player on the court. If you watched the game, you know that. He was the most important player on the team that won the game. He could have easily won the MVP and it wouldn't have been a problem. But the idea that a dude goes perfect from the field, has 35 points and one MVP, the idea that he, he stole it from Dame seems a little bit off to me. Dame was fantastic. You should celebrate it. You should, you should this is another one of those times to hold on to your joy. Appreciate what he did. Don't get caught up in what he didn't end up with. It would have been cool if he won uh, MVP of the All Star Game. I think he would have been a deserving, uh, a deserving recipient of the award. It would have been a little weird for Giannis to go sixteen of sixteen and not get it. But this wasn't—he wasn't snubbed or robbed or any of those things. He just was the best player on the court, and in the exhibition that rewards wide open dunks, the dude who did the wide open dunks got the hardware. Just is what it is. So. I maintain, and I'll say it one last time for you, Damon Lode was the best player on his team. He was the best player on the court, the most important player. The most He was he was ca- a lowercase m, most valuable player. Giannis Antetokounmpo just got the MVP trophy because of the way it was set up and the timing of what made Dame's night so special. Scored the last 11 points, but prior to that moment, he had 21. You're not voting for Dame who had a really special 21. You're voting for the dude who had 35 on on, you know, 14 dunks. For sure. For sure. That's just how it's gonna work. Dame just showed at the end of the game why he's so special. It didn't work out timing wise for MVP. Hats off to a, a really a fun performance. Um I, you know, dame played Dame played well in a showcase of the best players in the world and prove why he's one of them. That's it, and that's all. Someone else got the trophy at the end. But you know what? One blazer left the arena with a trophy. Well, I don't know if he left. He was given a trophy at the arena. I don't know if he took it with him. To be honest, Anthony Simons won the dunk contest, becoming the first Portland Trailblazer to ever win the dunk contest. I want to talk about that in the second segment. Anthony Simons is fun. He's fun, and uh, he showed you why he um, he just he the dude can fly. So we'll we'll talk about that flying in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell y'all about Bet Online. Y'all know BetOnline, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA games, NHL games, college basketball games, you name it, they got it. And if you don't want to bet on sports, there's award shows, TV shows, reality TV. You got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. If you knew Anthony Simons was going to win the dunk contest, you could have won some money on BetOnline.ag. So don't miss out next time. Because BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Here's how you do it. You go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You can do that on your computer or your mobile device, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that is BetOnline.ag with the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. on the Locked On Today podcast. Selection Sunday is a week away. and There'll be a number of ACC teams left out of the tournament. What went wrong with the ACC this season? We'll answer that and more with your sports news in less time so make sure you listen to the locked on today podcast and subscribe to it wherever you already get podcasts look carolina beat duke this weekend they're making the tournament I feel sorry for those other acc teams like maybe that one in durham that wears dark blue they're gonna have a long off season i wish them the best of luck you can hear uh peter bukowski talk about duke's trials and tribulations that they've experienced at the hands of the tar heels an 18 point loss what's poppin you know what? As long as we're, as long as I'm repping Carolina and talking about podcasts, make sure you listen to Locked On Tar Heels because Candace Cooper got you covered for uh, the celebration of Carolina's big win. You can hear about Dayron Sharp, a future NBA player on the roster, and a bunch of other dudes who are going to be professionals in Europe or Asia or something. Okay, let's. That's enough Tar Heel talk. There's, we got another podcast on the network that does that. I'm just, I'm hyped. Anytime, anytime Carolina beats Duke, it's, it's a good weekend in my house, and it's been a good weekend in my house for sure. You know who has, who's going to have a good weekend in their house is Anthony Simons. The Simons family is going to have a lot of fun because Anthony Simons became the first trailblazer player in the history of the franchise to win the slam dunk contest. Sorry to Clyde Drexler. Sorry to Rudy Fernandez. Sorry to Damian Lillard. Y'all had your shot. You didn't win the dunk contest. You know who did? Ant did. And he won it because he was the best dunker, right? Like He had better dunks than... Uh, Obi Toppin, uh, Cash Stanley had a Cash Stanley had a really good opening dunk, and then c- couldn't pull it off from there. But I don't want to run you through the dunks. Like check it out on YouTube, check it out on the Blazers social media channels. Shout out to Amara and Adam. Um, but that's not what I want to do here. What I, my like my my takeaways from the from Ants dunk contest are two things. One, it's very funny that they all had to wear their <laughs> their city uniform, so Ant wear a brown jersey that said Oregon on the front to be the first ever Trailblazer to win a dunk contest. It, isn't that photo going to be strange? Whoever wins the next one, they're going to put that up next to Anthony Simons wearing a brown jersey that says Oregon on it, and you're going to say, what, what the hell is that? That's just a small thing that I, that I found really funny, but uh, you know, the league made the decision, and Ant went along with it. Also, at one point, he wore a Trace McGrady jersey, and it was cool. Here are my two things. One, Anthony Simons could have walked away with this contest, but he's too good at jumping. The first dunk he did, he put the ball up at twelve feet and went up and kind of easily grabbed it and twelve feet and dunked. And he's just he jumps too effortlessly. It's so I think he would have um, he could have rolled over these dudes if they'd given an opportunity and if he just was it, mostly guys his size like they really leap and you see this like this sort of leap and and it just kind of springs. He just gets on his toes and he just floats up there. The dude is. Uh, just a phenomenal athlete. But the other thing that strikes me about Anthony Simons in the dunk contest, and this this is a thing that I mentioned before in passing on the episode, but what strikes me as watching him be the best athlete in a contest that measures who, in a lot of ways who's the best sort of fluid and f- and fun athlete, is that Anthony Simons needs to, sh- needs to get to the rim more. 72% of Anthony Simons Shot attempts are three-pointers. His free throw rate is 11.8. It's a rate that measures free throw attempts per field goal attempts. That's incredibly low. On the season, Anthony Simons has taken 18 field goals at the rim. He's taken 157 threes. He doesn't take a lot of twos. Doesn't take a lot of long twos. He doesn't have a weird, weird sort of like pull up, pull up two problem. That's not what Anthony Simons is. You know, a lot of maybe young guys who can shoot is that, uh, you know, they take they take pull ups. That's not Ant's problem. He's also an elite catch and shoot shooter. So I don't want him to not shoot threes. He's uh, in the in the top uh, ten percentile in catch and shoot percentage in, in in the league. Like he's he's just an elite shooter. But seventy-two percent is too many. I think a good number for him to hit would be in the about two-thirds. Right, just five, six percent more of his shots need to come at the rim. He needs to get to. He needs to use this. The dude has effortless, effortless bounce, and he has to use it to get easy buckets. He has to use it to get to get shots at the rim and to get free throws. He can't. I mean, he can, he's, he's playing and he's, he's, he's whatever, but he's, he's taking 20, he's taking, excuse me, 26 free throws on the year, 26 free throws in 32 games. He needs to shoot three free throws a night. He just, when you watch every time to the dunk contest, you realize how special he is. He is, there just aren't people who can do what he does. He has an ability to just sort of rise up float towards the rim he is just freaky bounce an elite athlete and he has to learn to get downhill and use that athleticism now some of it might be uh some coaching stuff like he doesn't uh a lot of sort of when he's on the court with Damon CJ, it's space to the corner. But that's fine. Like I said, he's an elite, elite catch-and-shoot shooter. It's when he's not on the court with them. And it's the reason that they've taken the ball out of his hands and given it to Rodney Hood because they kind of need someone who who can get them into more offense. more. And, and it doesn't matter if Ant can't get his teammates into offense. He needs to get himself into easy offense. He needs to get to the rack. I want to see Anthony Simons dunk contest Anthony Simons in an NBA game. That's that is my that is my biggest takeaway from it. I'm happy for him. It was cool. He he was fun. Like the dunk contest was kind of a dud overall. He was easily the best dunker. He deserved to win, and it was cool. Like I'm I'm glad he got the trophy. I'm glad he's the first. He's he's that kind of athlete that that it makes sense. The first trailblazer to win it. I mean, apologies to Clyde Drexler. He might have might have deserved it as well. But uh, I just I could not help thinking, man. How come we don't have an how come we don't have a couple ant dunk highlights where it's like, oh, you know, where you're where you're banging your skateboard on the lip of the half pipe or holding your nose like something smells bad. Why don't we have moments like that? We need we need the Blazers need it. We we as Blazers watchers need it because dunks are fun, but the Blazers need it because it would just help them. They need another guy to get downhill. They need that downhill juice to make their offense better. They need it to take some pressure off Dame. They need it for so many reasons. Amphrey Simons is the guy. I think, I think this is what the Blazers envision is to be that guy hopefully this dunk contest it's like the anti-home run contest you know you win the home run derby and like it screws up your swing for the second half of the season well I hope the dunk contest fixes Ant's drive to dunk hope he says boy that was fun I did five dunks on national tv now I'm gonna do a whole bunch more getting Ant to be an in-game dunker there's some guys who who, who dunk in the dunk contest and you say well they're a game dunker and eh, whatever Ant is like a dunk contest dunker we don't know what he's like as a game dunker let's see it Ant it would it would change the dynamic of the team if he was a downhill scorer. So to me that's that that is that is the thing that stuck with me. Um that might there might this might be uh what uh CJ McCollum once called sideways hating. This might this might this segment really might be sideways hating on Ant. I, I actually think it is. And I I, didn't, I am who I am y'all I'm sideways hating because you watch this guy fly you watch this guy soar and you say let's I would love to see this in a random Wednesday night against the Indiana Pacers where where is this against the Memphis Grizzlies when the Blazers need a win against a you know a tough Western Conference opponent let's see it Ant let's get up there so hopefully he ho, he has the he has the physical tools to do it um it's some of it is probably just a mentality thing. Some of it is, is just a decision making thing. But too many threes, too many threes off the, too many threes off the dribble. Catch and shoot threes, I love them. Too many threes off the dribble. Too many times, you know, taking step backs or sidesteps coming off a screen. Get downhill. Get to the free throw line. Get some easy buckets. Bend the defense, even if you don't score and and make a play. You know, if you get two feet in the paint, they're going to pay attention to you. Someone else is going to open up. It's just it is the nature of NBA offenses. So go do it, Ant. Use that. Let's see those. Let's see those in-game dunks, my dude. In the third segment, I want to talk about Blake Griffin. He didn't choose to sign with the Trailblazers, and I don't think that's a really big deal. I'll tell you why to close out the show. But before we do that, let's talk about Bill Bar. I've been telling y'all about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a long time. You know about it. It's a low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Tastes amazing. It's covered in 100% chocolate. Comes in 18 amazing flavors. You know the deal. But now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. That's right. The good folks at Built Bar have a bracket, a March Madness style bracket, to determine what's the best protein bar in the market. And we got two matchups today. First, Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Puff, and Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. Those are those are Monday's two matchups in the round of 32 here should be a lot. This, this is going to be a fun bracket. I already know who I'm top seed, top seed It's coming coming to you later this week. Banana nut bread. You know, I'm pulling for banana nut bread. If you listen, you know, I'm. you know that that's, that's a personal favorite, but in these two matchups, uh, I haven't tried churro puff. I'm sure it's really good, but I'm, I'm going with what I know. Apple almond crisp. That's who I'm picking. And peanut butter brownie blows raspberry out of the water. I'm a peanut butter chocolate guy. That's just a better that's just a better bar for my money. But you can decide. You can go to builtbar.com or go to at built underscore bar on Twitter and let them know. Vote in the vote in the bracket. Let your voice be heard. And if you're just curious, you want to find out who the real winner is, remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20. You'll get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And make sure you check back tomorrow to see who won today's matchup and find out who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Still a pass-first point guard. Still Mike Richmond still listen to Locked On Blazers you like this show chances are you like the NBA draft so why don't you listen to Locked On NBA draft you can learn more about the, the top players in the draft like Cade Cunningham Evan Mobley and Jalen Suggs but the show dives deeper than that You'll get prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness when the NCAA tournament starts. Coming at you four days a week from draft experts who know the league and they know college basketball. So make sure you subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, we talked to Amy Lord, the the most valuable player in the All-Star game who didn't get the MVP. Talks to Anthony Simons, who is just a, a joy to watch dunk the basketball, and it would bring me more joy if he, if he did it during the games that count, not just the halftime entertainment during the All-Star exhibition. But there was some other news on Sunday, and it it, it vaguely involved the Trailblazers. I mean, it did. It, it involved the Trailblazers straight up. Uh, Blake Griffin was bought out by the Detroit Pistons on Friday. Uh, He became a free agent and is immediately after clearing waivers, chose to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. Surprise, surprise. I would say the Nets right now are probably the team most likely to play in the NBA Finals, Uh, just because I think the West is, like, the Lakers and the Jazz—that's that's a that's a pick 'em for me. I think the Clippers are in the conversation. I think the Nets are the best team in the East. They are they're the team most likely to play in the NBA Finals, which would make them the team most likely to win the NBA Finals, right? Just cause that's how odds work. So Blake Griffin signing with them, duh, right? Like that's that's where big name buyout guys go—is they go to you know teams that are really close to a championship. He wants to be the sort of a role player on a championship team. Get a get a ring, all those things. But it was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN that uh, when Blake was uh, was coming to terms with the buyout with the uh, Detroit Pistons, but that the Portland Trailblazers were among the teams that he was going to consider, it was gonna, along with the Miami Heat and uh, and and the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, uh, the Portland Trailblazers were were in the mix, right? And. I'm not here to tell you that Blake Griffin wouldn't help. Uh, the Blazers could use another tall person. But Blake isn't going to solve their ultimate problems. Blake would help. They could really use a big man who could pass. Uh, he would he would be an interesting partner for teams that double-team Dame because of his ability uh, to to make decisions out of the traps as a, as a passer and as a jump shooter. Now he can't shoot anymore. Uh, He might rekindle some health in outside of Detroit. Like maybe there was some motivation issues there as well, because they're in a bad place and he knew that they were going to, they were going to part ways and et cetera, et cetera. He was really good a couple years ago, 2018, 19. He was fantastic. We're a long way removed from that. And Blake has looked very, very bad this year. He's like a 31% three point shooter. Um, and he mostly shoots threes. His attempts at the rim have have he's worse than Humphrey Simons. His they've totally cratered. You know, he spent all the first six years of his, of his career dunking absolutely everything. It was at the you know, appointment television, and he became kind of a standstill jump shooter. But he's still pretty skilled. He can handle the ball and he can pass, and that would help the Blazers, no doubt about it. But why I say it, it doesn't matter as much. One, he didn't go to the, he didn't go to any teams in the West. He's not going to uh, they're not going to see him you know, on the Phoenix Suns or on the on the LA Lakers, should they face him. So you don't have to sort of like, he's not going to spoil your season. If the Blazers make the NBA Finals and Blake spoils their season, well, it'll be a pretty successful year and it'll be a funny thing we laugh about maybe. Well, we might not all laugh about it, but I will laugh about it if Blake is a reason that the team doesn't win the NBA championship. It will have some real irony. That's not going to happen. <laughs> it seems unlikely. But uh, it's not a big deal because he doesn't answer their ultimate question, right? Like the thing, that, the thing that's going to he would unlock their offense. Uh, better ball movement, better better decision maker out of a trap, better uh sort of a different skill set than Carmelo Anthony. Uh he can play like Blake can play center. Um, he's not a great rebounder or defender and not a rim protector, but he could, you could play him as a backup center a little bit and get away with it. wouldn't be a problem, but he wouldn't solve the problem. They're going to with Blake on the court, they'd be even worse on defense, or at least they'd still be really bad. So to me, while he does answer some questions, like he does answer an obvious need. I think he would have, he's an obvious upgrade. Like he's a better basketball player probably than Harry Giles. Um, Harry Giles isn't healthy either. He's kind of like, um, Harry Giles with a track record, right? like, and I don't mean to say that Harry Giles is a young Blake Griffin, I just mean like a big who can pass a little bit and who could be helpful. That's like the idea of Harry Giles. He just, he hasn't put it, we haven't really seen it on the court enough. He hasn't got the ball in his hands and in those type of decision-making places, they haven't run much offense through it. And then he got, he was underwhelming and then he got hurt. So, you know, in Giles in theory does check some of the boxes that I was hoping or I was, I'm saying that Blake would, right? So, But Blake's an upgrade over him. Like he's just, in terms of the respect he's going to command from defenses, like he's a name. People are going to guard him because he's a name. It's just kind of how it works. Um, Damon Lord alluded to something similar with Carmelo Anthony. I think it's true. People double-team Carmelo Anthony in the post. It's amazing. Um, Somehow reputation ends up in the scouting report. Blake would help. Blake would absolutely help. But he would be another liability on defense. He is only a theoretical shooter and not much of one, so he doesn't offer this like real floor spacing. His real skill would be passing, decision making as a playmaker, and while I think that would be a valuable thing to unlock the offense, some of the worst Blazers offensive nights are exactly that skill set is needed, right? A big man who can set screens and pass. That is the 100% the exact thing they need but he's not he's just not the offensive player he once was even with the with the ball handling and the passing skills and he's and he's a huge liability on defense and his offensive game may have diminished to a point where it doesn't matter like I can't imagine him being an impact player for the Brooklyn Nets I think they're still very very likely to play in the NBA finals but it ain't it ain't gonna be because of Blake. I I mean like Jeff Green is better than Blake. It's there's there there are many other role players even on their roster alone. Like give me Nick Claxton all day every day over Blake Griffin. So don't while well if you wanted Blake. Um, It was, you know, it was always kind of a long shot because of, of situation and proximity to a championship, right? This, he wasn't, he's not guaranteed a ton of minutes here. And also the Blazers aren't exactly like a guaranteed championship, even like Western Conference Finals team at this stage, right? They're fifth in the West. They're what they are is a competitive playoff team. So if you're, you know, if you're on the buyout market and you're trying to sort of resurrect a career, this isn't, that's not the destination you go to. But, but what I'm saying is this, the, I think Blake coming here was realistic. His relationship with Neil Olshay obviously interests there. I know that uh, the Blazers have have been interested in Blake in the past, particularly when he was, like, a really, really good basketball player in 2018, 2019. So I think, like, from a fan perspective, wanting wanting Blake is totally reasonable, and being upset that he he d- didn't choose here is, is you know, he, I don't think the Blazers, they didn't get snubbed a la Damien Lode or anything like that. It just... Um, it was a realistic chance, but a long shot, and he just chose a, like the most obvious destination, right—the thing that seemed obvious right away. When you heard buyout, and Blake was like, "Yeah, he'll join the team that needs help up front, and also is like the place where stars go now—a <laughs> star, a new, a newly minted star destination over the last 24 months." But Blake Griffin wasn't going to change this team's ceiling. He was going to help them do something they can't do. He was—he's go- going to be better if they end up with another buyout big or another minimum level big uh, to fill that fifteenth roster spot. Blake Griffin's probably better than that player. Like I think that's—that's willing—that's fair to to think. But Blake wasn't changing this team's ceiling. He's not a ceiling alterer. He's a slight floor raiser. And that's the Blazers right now. They could use some help raising their floor. You know, on their worst nights, they could they they certainly could use players that would, that would prevent them from having those like super stagnant offensive nights where Dame just kind of dribbles around and everyone watches. Absolutely. But he wasn't Blake wasn't gonna was not the piece that was going to put them over the top. He wasn't even gonna the piece that was going to push them into the next echelon. He was going to be a guy who could help, and they missed out on a guy who could help because the, that guy chose to go other another place. It happens. You shouldn't be too upset about it. That's my read on it. Look, the NBA is, is off for the week. The Blazers play again on Thursday. They'll open up the second half of the season at home against the Phoenix Suns. But this podcast ain't going anywhere. In fact, we're recording Mailbag Monday on Monday evening. It's our weekly mailbag show. I record on Monday nights and post it on Tuesday mornings. If you want to get involved, make sure you tweet at me, at MikeGRich, or send me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Locked on Blazers ain't going anywhere. Mailbag Monday ain't going anywhere. All-Star break is for players. I don't play basketball every night. I mostly just watch it. I'm ready to roll. Hope you are too. If you want to get involved with Mailbag Monday, I would love to have you. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.